Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Dylan Godino, founder and editor-in-chief of LaughSpin.com and co-host of the LaughSpin podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Laugh Spin Podcast. This is a special edition thereof. Why is it special? Well, because Mike and I are not giving you the news this time. This, my friends, is just a straight-up interview episode, and we will, at the very least, have four additional special episodes of the Laugh Spin Podcast, wherein we will just present to you some great interviews with some great comedians. This one uh, is one of my favorite. This is a special one I did with Lewis Black. I sat down with Lewis Black for about an hour in Grand Rapids, Michigan during Gilda's Laugh Fest. And before I get into what we talked about uh, at Gilda's Laugh Fest, let me just say uh, a word or two about Gilda's Laugh Fest. It's the third year they've been doing it. Um, they've been doing it every March for three years. They, it's a 10-day festival. They do an outstanding job. I'm telling you now, it's going to be thought of in the comedy community as one of the premier comedy festivals in the country in a few years. The reason it's not now is simply because it's it's age. Uh, this year, they, they had everybody from Bill Burr to obviously Louis Black to Jim Brewer to Joel McHale, uh, Garfunkel and Oates. They do a really great job of uh, supporting the local scene. They integrate their local comics and they integrate great up-and-coming comedians and they integrate huge just huge selling comedians. Oh, Brian Regan was the other one who was there. So definitely, um, check out laughestgr.org, uh, and, and see what they have been doing for the last three years. Uh, all the money, uh, that they make goes to Gilda's club, Grand Rapids, which if you don't know, obviously, Gilda's is a place where cancer patients and their friends and families can go uh, for for support. Um, so that's LaughFest. Definitely check them out. As far as what me and Lewis, or Lewis and I, talked about, uh, it was great. It was such an honor to uh, sit down uh, with Lewis for an hour. We got a nice uh, conference room uh, at the Amway Hotel there in uh, Grand Rapids. Uh, so it was nice and quiet. Uh, we had a, a great talk about uh, obviously where his, his comedy is going. I asked about uh, whether or not he'd be interested in doing another book because I loved his his all the books he's, he's written so far. Uh, the answer, uh, in short, is yes, but he goes into um, great t- detail about uh, the plans for this this upcoming book, which is very exciting. Uh, we talk a little bit about his personal life, which is uh, which was so uh, fascinating to me because I rarely hear Lewis uh, talk about um, his personal life in interviews. So we got we kind of got into um, you know why he's uh, why he decided not to get married and and just you know about his life on the road. Uh, we talk about politics, obviously with Lewis Black. You have to you have to talk about politics. So um, we we really get into it. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoy talk, talking to Lewis. And I know I've already been talking, holy shit, for almost four minutes. So I'm going to shut up. And uh, here's the Lewis Black interview. Enjoy, guys. So hey, Lewis, how are you? Um, I'm, 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 I guess I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm good. You guess you're good? Well, you know, it's, it's still early. We haven't seen what the day has brought. It's, um, we should, t- we should tell the listeners it's, it's 1215. So that's, what time do you usually, uh, rise from no, bed? No, actually but... I did radio it early. Oh God. I, so I, uh, I didn't really get, and I didn't fall asleep till later. So and oh. I, I don't sleep great. So it's, uh. That's surprising that a guy like you doesn't sleep well. <laughs> no, I never have from the time I was a kid. It's exactly why, the same. Why is that? Um, 
I don't know. I sleep in like two. I have two-hour naps. I call them, and then I wake up, and then I have another two-hour nap. And right. I wake up, and then if I'm lucky, I get two more two-hour naps. But generally, it's just another two, two and a half-hour nap, and then I have to take a nap later. Yeah. Is it because your mind is is racing? No, I wish. Um, it's because uh, I think as a kid, my mother. I really believe this. Uh, my mother really. Uh, I didn't. My mother wasn't a great cook. Right. And, uh, so um, what I would do is, is I would wake up uh, every couple of hours and go and have uh, a cookie. Okay. And go back to sleep. And then every, and that's what I did on a two-hour interval. I'd wake up because I was hungry. <laughs> I'd go eat. That's, that's, uh, that's a lot like how we, uh, <laughs> we, no offense here, but that's a lot how we, uh, we treat our, we, my wife and I have a one and a half year old Yeah, and that's, that's been his process. Yes, that's, that's been that's his it. process. I know. It's really, <laughs> so it might be that, that, uh, that was the process. I yeah. don't know, but it's always been that way. And, you know, now apparently, you know, and then you get sleep apnea as you grow older and then they say, you know, wear a mask and I'm not wearing a mask to bed. So. Why? Oh, well, you if know, it, if thing, it helps you. Well, I'm not putting a, you know, a thing on my nose and breathing oxygen. and It's just not... I, I have enough trouble falling asleep without accoutrements. Style essentials. I've had friends who've tried it. Just, it you've got to... You know, there are people who love it. I just... I don't, I'm not really ready for that. Yeah. So it would help your sleep apnea, but uh, you probably wouldn't... You wouldn't ever fall asleep. Yeah, well, I mean, it's you're wearing an, a, a mask. You're wearing an oxygen mask, yeah. sort of, you know? Yeah, it certainly doesn't seem... Uh, there seems to be... There should be another approach. You know, not like you're in a pod going into space <laughs> and you're out for that amount of time and then they wake you up and you're in another universe. You might want to look into... Um, what Michael Jackson used to do. Look, if I, I'll be honest, I had a... A colonoscopy, and for all of the bitterness and people yell about it, it was the best, the best uh, sleep I've ever had. I I agree. I I've had many. I uh, guess I have uh, something called Crohn's disease. Oh yeah, I know that. So every two years I get them. So I'm only I'm 35, but I get them all the time. Love them. They're love, great. Love the experience. They're great. Uh, the worst part, as as you know now, is uh, the prep. Yes. Uh, before. Yeah, that's the bad part. But yeah. then, boy, once you get in there and they seven, six, five, boom, yeah. I wish uh, now that I've 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 gotten many, I've gotten a little bit more uh, uh, confident and brazen. So, like, I've asked them to try to make <laughs> make the falling asleep process last longer. <laughs> they they never do it. I mean, I'm sure if they end up killing me, that would be a, a bad thing. But that. Oh my God! That five to ten seconds before you go under is the best feeling. Yeah, in the entire world. And you never get that. I mean, you you only get that if you're really. It, it happens like if you've had a completely horrific day and you've kind of reached the end and you're really completely and utterly exhausted. Yeah. And then you have that. And you lay down in bed and and then you just kind of drift off. But that doesn't happen. Right. And the sleep. I wake up after that sleep and I'm like, wow. It's great. That is terrific. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I've told, um, you know, my dad who's, who's at that age now where he has to get colonoscopies and I was giving him advice and I was telling him, don't be scared. It's great. You're going to love it. And, uh, so anybody out there who's, uh, fretting a colonoscopy, uh, listen to Lewis and I, it's, uh, it's, it's not, it's not so scary. No, it's, it's spectacular. <laughs> Michael Jackson had the right idea. Uh, except, the, yeah, except you don't do it really on a daily basis. Right, you shouldn't do it on a daily basis. You know, anything, anything <laughs> like that. It's like that. What is it? You know, you just, you do, you don't. Oh, you, you don't do it that. What is the thing? You just uh, in moderation. In moderation, everything in moderation. Yeah. Uh, the the drugs for a colonoscopy, uh, in moderation. Yes. In moderation. Propanol, uh, propanol. Oh, is that what it is? Something like that. I remember asking them at some point and forgot because yeah, I was I'm sure too could, high. We could figure it out in two seconds. We can on our, Google on it. our phones. We can probably get some. Yeah, you think we could get some uh, delivered in, to Grand Rapids? Not in Grand Rapids. Sure. <laughs> And we are in Grand Rapids. I should mention that you're here uh, for Laugh Fest. This yes. is uh, this is actually my third year wow. covering the festival because I love it so much. Is that right? It's it's great. I know your your good friend Kathleen Madigan has done it yes. twi twice. I believe. Yes, she has. 
Uh, and uh, I know uh, the folks in Grand Rapids love her. Um, it's uh, they they do a really good job. I I don't know. I mean, you've just you got here when last night? I got last night. Yeah, no. I mean, it's like unbelievable. It's uh, you know, I mean, it's they cover the city pretty well. I mean, it's kind of like uh, um, you know, without the 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 industry, anytime the industry's not around. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. I mean, seriously, it's you know. Just for Laughs Without Industry would be great. There was the Kilkenny Comedy Festival in Ireland, which really had no industry. Great. I, I hear nothing but great things about that you know, place, about um, that fest. You know, Boston has a comedy festival run by my friend Jim McHugh that I've mm-hmm. tried to help. and uh, But the city hasn't, you know, I, I, and I don't get it. The city hasn't really put its heart into it, really. I mean, the city itself. Yeah. I mean, here, this is like... Uh, that this is the weekend, and this is or the week, and this is what we're doing, and here's who's coming in, and it's it's really well done. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the size of the city. Yeah. I feel like there's a a very big hometown feel to it because it's not a huge city, and people are genuinely excited for this ten day event, and they just it's that long. It's ten days. It's ten days. Wow. They started this two years ago. Uh, not hey, let's let's try three or four days. Right off, right right out the gate, they did ten days. And wow, I'm and it's a really pretty city. I mean, it's an. I came here. I mean, what's amazing to me, and it's something I, you know, what really I find kind of extraordinary. I've played almost every city uh, around here mm-hmm. that's humanly possible to play. Waukegan. Um, Joliet, uh, um, you know, the, I just came, what was it, uh, we just did uh, Peoria. Right. Um, you know, uh, up, uh, you know, Kalamazoo. I, Kalamazoo, I, I never have played. I played, I played uh, this town when I was uh, way, way back. I played a club here called Grins. Right, sure, sure. Way back, like 15 years ago. And had never gotten back into this town until now. So it's you know, oh, wow. So I'm pleased. But and literally in that time this when I first came here they had the place called the Bob, which is this yep. beautiful building that they and they had the the Gerald Ford Museum and it was kind of a sleepy little place and it was nice. And uh but uh, now it's like uh, humble. It's in. It's a. It's a great place. I mean, it really is. It's got a great downtown. Yeah. It's got a great feel to it, and it's, it's pretty. Just, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Let's. I wanted to talk to you about. There's. Uh, I at the beginning of this year, I tried to make an effort uh, on a personal level to get uh, more in the know about politics and what's happening in the world. I've been listening a lot to. Uh, Sirius XM's POTUS channel, which mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you're fairly familiar with. I did their kickoff event. It was brutal. Oh, really? <laughs> Way back. I mean, brutal. Brutal. Like the, one of the worst places you can appear is in uh, D.C. in a bar with people who are into politics. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they really have no interest in really? you or anything else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was born and raised around there, so. Yeah, yeah. So well, I like I like that channel because they do uh, a very good job of remaining unbiased. Right. Um, but this this is my this is my observation, and tell me if if you feel similar or you or you disagree. I feel like the more I listen uh, to unbiased news, and the more I hear about uh, uh, what's going on uh, in the Senate uh, and in, in in the House and everything, I feel like nothing 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 gets done and that's and that's not i feel like i'm saying that not as an outsider who, who who's just listening to whatever everybody else is saying but as somebody who actually is is really trying to make an effort to understand what's going on in washington um i i just don't understand what's i, I don't understand that the one thing I, I would love to get your opinion about is yeah. the 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 gun control uh, bill and I'm sort of are are you surprised that it's gone from you know Diane Feinstein's um, uh, amendment that wanted all these sort of you know what, what seemed like helpful additions to the gun control laws to basically what's what's going to come down to you know more stringent background checks are you surprised like no nothing surprises me really uh, anymore. I'm, uh, 
we have no, uh, I mean, my act is kind of based on it. We got no focus anymore. So you, you, we're lucky we're getting that if we get it. I mean, uh, the, uh, the, it's, it, it, I mean, first problem was, uh, you, the, you know, is the use of the word, you know, what really didn't help was when, uh, it was probably the NRA, but they came up with the, the words gun control. Mm-hmm. Um, because then the, the next door that opens is, well, then they're going to take away our guns. Right. That's the logical conclusion. And it's not gun control. It's how do you, what are the, what are the safe that ways in which, uh, you know, we can, we can deal with the issue of guns in the home and in the workplace. <laughs> and then what uh, is, is uh, I thought was interesting was um, uh, uh, Gabriel G- Gifford's husband, uh, who's, who spoke in front of the Senate and said, you know, and called it gun violence. Right. Which really puts it, then you can, you know, that takes it into another realm where you can actually deal with it. I mean, look, watching her talk, uh, her statement before them, um, you know, uh, you know, they, it, you know, it, so the the it was was if you didn't get it from that, then you're not going to get it. So, and there are a lot of people who are like, you know, boy, you know, that's kind of, you know, that that re- response of like, uh, you know, it's, you know, all you're doing is pulling at the heart, the the, you know, the heartstrings of America. You're not really. This is not. The issue is not that. The, the, you know, the issue is our freedom, you know, and it's that the great line that, you know, that at what point does your freedom impinge on somebody else's freedom right. or what level of stupidity do you want to live at? But, uh, I mean, I've been in the, involved in the, the Brady, uh, with the Brady group for a long time and they are really about as middle of the road as you can be. Um, and they're the ones who got the, uh, one of the ones, the groups that was involved in the uh, the automatic weapons bill being, you know, passed initially, and then they let it lapse. And once they let it lapse, they open the door. And if you look at the deal, you know, if the business of business, if the business of America's business, if you look at the number of guns that were purchased right after um, the. Uh, the 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 violence you know the the the, the shootings in New, Newtown yeah if you it, they were lined in in Michigan you know there was a thing there was they were lined up in front of a gun store it took you four hours to get into the store yeah and if you had any brains at all and wanted colonoscopies all the time <laughs> you would get out of this laugh crap thing and get yourself a nice little gun shop at the end of the road it's extraordinary yeah I mean look. You, am I surprised? We go, uh, you go, Virginia Tech. Well, that was the end of my surprise when you go, okay, um, so we're not going to do anything. Nothing. And then you go to, uh, you, you go, um, to uh, Columbine, nothing. Um, I can't remember which one, but I think it was Virginia Tech, Columbine, then uh, the, the, uh, uh, the movie theater, and then Newtown. And, uh, you know, you kind of go, and, 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 you know, I thought, well, you know, what's, what's next is somebody goes into a, um, uh, into a, a, you know, a place where, the, you know, they, they goes into a hospital to where newborn babies are and shoots newborn babies. Right. And, you know, at what point? And maybe that's going to wake people and, up. Yeah, but then they'd say, you know, arm, you know, the doctors should be armed. I mean, it's, and what's interesting is, is the, about the argument in the end is, is you never hear, all they say is, well, you know, if, if you know, you know, you never, I, give me specific instances in terms of this kind of thing, you know, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm more than willing to listen to you, but you never give me an instant, you know, if you had a gun, then this is, would be prevented. Well, show me what instances. Right. In, in New York City, uh, there was a shooter on the streets in, in, in 34th Street. You know, uh, uh, near near the Empire State Building, he starts shooting. The cops come out. They shoot. The the bystanders get shot, and they get shot by the cops because the bullets are bouncing off things. It's like ludicrous that if somebody and people had, there were people in the uh, you know you know that that uh, had the uh, had guns in certain situations, and you know they you know what do you think that look you get an obsessive compulsive nut job. 
and put a gun in their hands, you, you know, you, you, they might figure out that which end of the uh, the lobby they're at. These people are sitting around. You know, they act as if well, if he's crazy, it's not. Well, you know, if he's crazy, then he's really crazy. He's crazier than you are, so he's keeping an eye out. Right. It was like the guy this morning. So they shoot in, in, in upstate New York. A guy wanders in today and starts firing on people. That's right. I was just I was just reading. And what's that. the big and what's the big industry in that area? The, the Remington guns. I mean, so, you know, we we live, you know, everything we do is kind of there's, you know, for for everything that's, uh, oh, this is great. It's, you know, there's uh, it's really great. We got all these freedoms. And it's also, you know, at times really not the best thing. It's not the healthiest thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I <laughs> And you hate to say that. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, I was really I mean, now that I see how things are unfolding and how, you know, it looks like, you know, you, you know, the the effort to try to ban uh, assault style weapons and uh, the high capacity um, what do you call it, magazines as I read and as I learned that that's probably not going to happen I, I I just I was so naive I really thought after Newtown I was like well I mean there's no doubt that they're going to at least ban you know what's been defined as assault weapons and I just can't I can't believe. Well, you know, even if they don't ban assault weapons, you know, the, the limiting the magazine would just right. start. I mean, it's... But it doesn't even look like they're, no, they're going to do that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they, you know, and it's like we do this all the time. We live, we live in the, you know, we govern from the caboose of the train, if they still had cabooses. But apparently they don't anymore. <laughs> I, I don't just, they? How do you... I heard recently that the caboose has been taken off because there's no... There's no need for it. There's no need for it. There's no. Not even for nostalgia sake. I I would just I if I love trains so I would if I could hook up to you know something that wasn't carrying radioactive material across the country I would like to sit in the caboose, but but we've governed from the caboose so something you know where it it's got it happens and then three days later we react we 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 don't stay ahead of anything we react we always act after. Um, you know, so the bridge falls in um, in many, and this was the the bridge falls in Minneapolis, yeah, uh, horribly. And the next day, in like in every state in the union, uh, or or most of them, uh, they went out and looked at all their bridges, as if it was <laughs> oh, that's right, we've got bridges, <laughs> and and so uh, it's the same. You know, we're we you know the. Uh, the, 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 this, it should have been limited beforehand. There's no reason this guy should have been able. To, these people should be able to be carrying this stuff around. None. Yeah. But they didn't even do it. They didn't even make the attempt to do it beforehand. So, you know, to try to get it done after. And they've already, you know, they they've weathered. You know, they've, you know, they every time it happens, they weather these. They weather the storm. Yeah. You know. Or they point, you know, look at what happened in Norway. <laughs> you know, look at that guy. Look at he went to that island or Sweden or wherever the guy, the crazy man, showed up and started shooting kids. Look at what happened there. I mean, you know, you, you, tr- you all you can do is try to limit it. You know, and now they, when I say you know, govern from behind, now they kind of go, oh, that's right, we have crazy people. Like all of a sudden, they discovered mental health again. You know, but the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that, I mean, things get done, other things, you know, things don't get done, other things get done. Reagan basically closed the mental hospitals in this country. Yeah. At the time, I thought, you have got to be kidding me. And, and essentially, well, now we have to, well, you know, it's, you, you, you know, how do you do that? I mean, and they're wandering. I mean, I was just in, uh, I forget what town I was in. They're they're wandering. Oh, Nashville! There, you know, is is a has a really uh, this beautiful, nice downtown, and there are all these people kind of wandering around aimlessly, in and uh, you know, and some of them, granted, are probably you know you know poor and uh, you know or you know kind of reached it because of drugs, and and there and people a lot of people who reach it because of drugs, they're self-medicating. I mean, it's like, but you you have no way station for these people. Yeah. And then you wonder, you know, why they snap. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's a, it's kind of clueless. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, hopefully, I mean, the, um, you know, the the extended background checks will address 
some of uh, the mental health issues. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what they... What they well, can... the fact that we got computers, we can do 12 billion things with them, and these pricks haven't figured out how to put it together yet. I know. So that, you know, that there's one database or some, something, or that something can... You know, there'll be, how do you not hook these up? I mean, it's beyond belief. But meanwhile, you know, you got... It's no problem in uh, Silicon Valley for them to have guys sitting around 18 hours a day trying to come up with a new widget for a new hookik. And then, but you can't, you can't get it done? Well, because they can't get it done because I feel like they don't want to get it done because the NRA is so powerful and uh, they create a database and all of a sudden they're going to claim, well, you're, you're infringing on our civil liberties. You're going well, yeah. to use that database for, to take our liberties away. Well, that's going to stop. I know that you know that come that they'll they're going to have to do it because it's you know they 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 marginalize that it's not a gun issue it's a mental health issue so right. they'll they'll live with it I'm pretty sure that they have to yeah you know there's no argument they have they can say whatever they want but it's there's really in the end no argument that you have to deal with the you know and it's it's a smart thing to do and it's and it's uh, you know, in a lot of ways. And then there's people who are, you know, and there are people who are going to get hurt by the blowback of being on that list. I was, you know, I was on the, uh, I was on the no fly list. For were you really? Well, because my name is somebody else's name. And that's how I ended up on the no fly list. Who was that other person? Lewis Black, the other Lewis Black. The, would it, I mean, but what is... Former terrorist Lewis Black. Oh, I didn't know about I, that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's really extraordinary. I, they, you know, we, uh, it was... Uh, Did you tell them that you should be on the list anyway? No. As, as the actual Lewis Black? <laughs> no, I did not. I wanted to get on the plane and get out of there. But I had to, like, stop every time and go through, like, 20 minutes of nonsense. That's interesting. You know. That's, that's interesting. But they, but, you know, but they can't, you know, it's like the thing with the, uh, I, I do this in my act. I mean, it's the, the uh, you know, the, the, they, you've got a group of people who are telling me that they're worried about their freedoms and being, uh, and the information that they, you know, that the federal government has. On right. Because somehow that that government, which is, in, in, for all intents and purposes to them, the group that screams about that, they also scream simultaneously that this group is completely inept. That the federal government is completely inept and the institutions there within completely inept. Right. Run by people who are completely inept. But somehow the only thing you're good at is tracking. Right. So what are they worried tracking about? Tracking your guns. <laughs> right. and, they, and, and But meanwhile, they carry around a phone that tells the phone company exactly where they are on the planet Earth. Right. And, and they have information that is ga- gathered on a daily basis by Google and Facebook and whoever else can, can get their, their, their hands on your information. You know, and, not, and not to make it easier for you to get to an airport, which, a, uh, uh, you know, which an identity pass would do. Right. Um, but to just to kind of, you know, this is basically to... To, uh, to target you as a consumer. That doesn't phase them. That freedom doesn't phase. It's unbelievable. You, you, you just, you, you're, if you don't tell, you, you trust the phone company more than you, tr- that, than you trust your own government. It, it's extraordinary. It's the phone company, you asshole. <laughs> when was the last AT- AT- AT&T gave a shit about you? Fucking morons. Yeah, what, I mean, what is it that, I mean, that it's an excellent point. What is it about guns and gun ownership? I mean, I grew up, uh, you know, in the New York Tri-State area. You grew up in, uh, you know, outside of D.C. Right. Um, I'm guessing both of us grew up in places where guns were not a huge part of uh, our culture. What is it about gun ownership that I don't understand. I, I don't know if you understand it. What what makes people so scared? Well, I don't think it's so many people, A, um, that are in that, that kind of NRA boat of you're coming to get my guns. I don't think it is. Well, I then don't, why, why is nothing happening then? Because, and that's another thing I don't understand. I, 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 I don't understand the power of that lobby. Uh, most of the people in uh, in the national, apparently from the numbers, the people, 70% of them agree with background checks, a lot more, the, more than you would imagine, agree right. with limiting the magazine, et cetera. 
They have a, I don't know why union, I've, I lived in D.C., I don't know why unions are powerful. It's like, you know, Rush Limbaugh is, you know, supposed to be a, a very powerful voice. He's got, what, 20 million listens, 30 million, 40 million. There's another, there's 260 million other people in the country. I mean, so, you know, give me a break. He, you know, he's got a, he's got a, you know, his influence is more than, you know, what he's, what he's bringing to the table, really. And they give him more than he should be given in the same fashion that these guys are being given more than they should be given. And we don't have, but, but what, what makes it strong? There's no counter NRA. It's true. There's no groups of, you know, like, you know, my parents who, you know, my, you know, it's like, uh, as they say in the act now, you know, it's the, the, uh. You know, my parents didn't hunt for game. They hunted for buffets. <laughs> I think. And it's, I'll tell you this, going on stage and talking about it and talking about it here will be interesting in Grand Rapids. Um, if I remember to talk about it, because a lot of times it's just not worth the energy. It's like, I mean, I, I have it's some jokes about it. Uh, I basically point out, you're, you know, you're delusional if you believe that the... You know, that I'm going to come, you know, I've had people say, you, you're going to take my gun away. Really? I think I've got, there's a game on tonight. I'm right. not. Like, I'm worried about you. You know, and I got other shit to do. <laughs> and if, and I, if I get a night off, I'm not going to waste it, you know, wandering, wandering around your house looking for your guns. I mean, it's completely and utterly delusional. I mean, on such a stunning level. And, that the, and, I, and I do believe all in charge are culpable. That these assholes in the Congress don't stand up the way they don't stand up a lot of the time and go, and just as a group say, nobody's coming to get your gun. Can we move on for the right? Can we go to the next point in the discussion? Yeah. And they all know that. And it just is, and it means, and it proves once again, there are no adults left in the goddamn room. Yeah, it, it, uh, it certainly, it certainly seems that way. I, uh, <laughs> The uh, th- this is p- part of the reason I think uh, I wanted to talk about the the Pope a little bit, uh, mainly because I I feel like you know the gun control you know the, the things in the news right now mostly gun control, um, the the budget you know yeah. what's his face Paul Ryan's uh, budget which I think is the same as the last two budgets he proposed yeah and the and the immigration is going to immigration they'll be talking about you know that they took off the table I mean it's unbelievable. So I think that's why everybody is uh, loves to talk about the Pope because it's to me it's just such a, a kind of a frivolous thing to think about. Uh, I, I don't I don't I was raised Catholic. I mean obviously I'm not uh, as George Carlin said. You know I'm not Catholic anymore. I I mean it's it just why why are people obsessed about? the Pope, who the new Pope is. I mean, do, I mean, the Pope, well, A, it's a great story. B, it's like uh, going, it's like being in a time machine. <laughs> you know, you don't really have the opportunity to go back into the past, but this is the best opportunity. These people are living, uh, this is the, you know, we're here in Grand Rapids in a conference room and uh, it's the, you know, when you've got a laptop computer and da, 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 and he's, all the tweeting that, you know, and the first tweet was, I don't care how many tweets come out of there. It's like a tweet from the 16th century or the 9th century, the 8th century. I mean, it's really beyond my comprehension that, uh, you know, and there's, you know, and also, you know, for all of its downside, I'm, I'm big on Catholics. I was always, I like Catholics because they, they really took the Jewish guilt and created a whole other, you know, yeah. we, we created it, you guys codified mm-hmm. it. And uh, the, um, but they, uh, it's, a, it's continuity. You know, and there's so few things, really. You know, anything that lasts a long time, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, uh, uh, it's why um, I, I get a certain amount of, um, uh, you know, of, of, of what, you know, I'm respected because I've just lasted. Right. <laughs> you know, You're comfortable. You know, that they, they kind of go, oh, and he's still here. Isn't that a good thing? <laughs> um, but the longer something hangs in, and this is really, you know, and it's the, you know, I've seen, you know, I've seen, I've been through uh, four or five popes or six popes, five popes, and, you know, you kind of go, and here they go again, and they do the same thing, and the, it was quick, though, I thought. I thought it, it, they would take their time with it. Yeah, they uh, they were 
they had a, they had a mission and they, and they did it. You know, and the good news is is they discovered South America. Well, good. Let's see what happens. I don't think it's going to make any big difference. You're going to, you know, we're not going to get uh, we're not moving out of the celibacy thing. No. No. Women, women priests. No, they're just they're not. They're, they're not, not there gonna, yet. You know, um, you know because they're so hooked on faith. Yeah. So it's all. I mean, that's a big hook. Yeah. Do you have another book in you, Lewis? I want I want another Lewis Black book. No, no. There's a. <laughs> I talked. It's weird that you asked. I had a. I meet with the uh, my editor who I like a lot, and um, they're. One is a, and a, he basically, I wrote a, a play that was done around the country recently. Mm-hmm. I started the, I wrote the play 30 years ago, 35 years ago. And then 12 years ago, I took it out with a friend of mine, and uh, is a, he's a director, and he said, I think I know how to fix it. This was the play that probably would have, really, if, if all things had gone, gone correctly in the sense of, you know, it was the play that came close to his option for Broadway. It, I thought it was going to get some play in regional theaters. I knew it was always problematic. This but, is this is original thirty years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thirty-five. I mean, I wrote it in nineteen eighty-two. It was produced like in eighty-three, mm-hmm. eighty-four. Um, it's very much a. Uh, it's a romantic comedy that's a farce. If you, if my name wasn't on it, people wouldn't know that I wrote it. I right. wrote it because I thought. I got to write something people want to see because <laughs> right. if I really want to stay playwriting wise, I can, if I write something people want to see, then I can go back and write something for myself right. and then I can get a teaching job. Um, and, uh, so I, it, but it never made it even into the regional theater route. So it was done a little, it was done here, it was done there, but it, then they were optioning it for Broadway, but it, and everybody and their mother read it, but it could not get there. And, uh, and meanwhile, I was watching plays that were, I'm like, you know, basically you're lucky if a play is 70% complete. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because of the nature of the beast of writing a play. If it's 70% of, of what it should be, then it's, it's pretty good. Well, I thought I was at 70%. And so then we went back and we got it to probably 85 to 90% with my friend. We did four um, workshops over 12 years. And then it got done up at Williamstown and done uh, done out in Seattle and back in Jersey and this summer it'll be in, uh, you're going to want to race out to Wellfleet, Massachusetts. It, What's the title of the place? So it's people called know. One Slight Hitch. Okay. And uh, um, so I was sitting I was sitting with my editor because it was the, you know, it was what because last year I didn't because of the, what I did last year was deal with the play. That was my writing. Right. And uh, but we, my editor and I were talking, and uh, uh, I said, you know, I think the story of how this play came to be is an interesting story. And I think, because um, uh, I'd been, I talked about it a lot. You do press and all of that. And it's kind of interesting how it came to be and what, what you know, and dealing with, you know, you, you, oh, so you think you want to be a writer. Um, uh, and uh, he said... Uh, because I'd read a book by Neil Simon, which was interesting, but I thought, I, it, it, you know, he met like everybody. So there's no, like, interesting anecdotes about working with Robert Redford. Right. You know, it's just kind of, I work with Robert Redford. So I said, <laughs> well, you know, I worked with people that nobody knows, but it's the stories are much more interesting. Right. So I said this, and he went, well, you can write this if you, I think this will be a really good book if you wrote it, if you want to write it as a piece of fiction. So I've been waiting. Interesting. So I had proposed writing fiction for him since I met him years ago and said, you know, and he was like, no, no. But he said, I think this would be a really good fictional book. So it might. So I'm sitting down with him. I have to write uh, uh, 20 pages Mm -hmm. um, to see if, you know, if it's really doable. What it would be about is, I think, uh, it would be about the play, in essence, and the arc of the play and... But it would, a lot of the book would be about living in New York in uh, nineteen in, in the early eighties, which was uh, uh, Studio Fifty Four, and but living on the fringe of it, right. not being broke, and you know, and across the street is the is one of the major gay baths in the United States in in New York at that time, the St. Mark's. You know, you're on the 
in the East Village and uh, the whole, just all of that, which I th- found it to be a kind of an inter- you know, interesting yes. time. Living next door to a hair salon in the day and at night a roller disco. <laughs> it was really unbelievable. Um, so we'll see if that's... So this is kind of, it's kind of meta because it's, um, so it would be basically a novel. Yeah. A, a about this play that actually exists yeah. and is being produced. Yeah. But it would really be, uh, you know, but I went, I kind of got, I got excited because in part I went, oh good, I don't have to remember stuff, I can just make shit Right. Up. But uh, I don't know, and we'll see if he has any other ideas. I, the other idea I had was to take all of the stuff that I've done is, if you, if you take, I've noticed in my act, because I'll, come back to certain themes and if I uh, I thought uh, with the whole ton of things that I've done you know all of the CDs and DVDs that of putting like all of the religious stuff together and showing um, and taking it through you know so making it all putting it all together because it all fits together it's all part of one larger puzzle I mean not that not that I went oh boy you know I'm gonna do this it's just the way because I find myself on stage, and there's a, um, so there's a, there was a. I talked about, uh, I've talked about um, Farmville before in my mm-hmm. act, and da 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 da. And then I'm back on stage talking about Farmville again, uh, because it's. I, I, I went, oh no, the, it's not just this, it's that. This is the other thing. It's uh, this is how it works as an example of why else it's screwed up. So you put those two together, it's a, you know, all of a sudden, I, I think in the end you see that it's a larger, you know, that I can, I can I'd can, i like to tell the story in a book just to, to put it down. And right. Then, as opposed to, it's not, this is, you know, granted it's my act, but this is really the whole act. <laughs> right. It put together. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. That's, that's. Which is another one, but I don't really want to do that one yet because right. I really would like to do. Uh, you know, a, a couple. You know, if, yeah, I'd like to keep the run going and then sit down at the end and go. Okay. Right, right. That's like, good. That's yeah. good because I, rem- I when remember they, when they've forgotten about me and then they go and he's got a new book. Seventy-seven <laughs> year old Lewis Black. Why at this time? Uh, I remember the la- your last book I read in one sitting. Yeah. Um, which uh, is amazing for me because I, I have a really bad uh, attention span. Uh, but I, I think it was in that book where I think in the in the in the intro in, in the intro, you said how uh, you didn't think you had any reason to write a book. Is that am I? Or your editor said you should write a book, and it was. Well, what my editor said was uh, he wanted me to write a book about Christmas. Oh, that's right. And I said. Uh, I don't really want to write it, but I don't give a shit. You know? And really, in the end, it it, it, it it certainly was pegged on on the holidays, but really, in the end, it was... No, it was about being single. Yeah. It was about the difference between being in a family or having and creating a family and then, yeah. and being married to your career. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, it, and I found it to be the only... Because there's not a lot that I see. I don't see... There's not a lot of books about... Uh, people being single in that choice, and um, and it's not an easy choice. People, it upsets you know women. You it upsets women. You see that you know how come? Yeah. You know what's the matter with you? And it's really it's got nothing to do with anything other than, uh, you know, that I like you know I look if if uh, if somebody fucking paid attention to me when when people <laughs> when when uh, when other comics would go you know you, how do you not have an agent? How come people don't know who you are? And then, or like not getting, you know, not being told by an agent that, uh, um, that it's stupid. I'd gotten a call. It was, uh, I forget. It was, they were, they were looking, they were, I mean, one of the big ones for me, one of the big screw-ups is, so this prick doesn't call. Uh, it's Stand Up New York. They're doing a, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, uh, a, a night of uh, you know um, auditions, you know, for the HBO stand-up special. Mm-hmm. I had a really good slot, and I was never noticed. And people, uh, comics called me and said, "Where were you the other night?" 
I was sitting at home. <laughs> and uh, so, so stuff like, uh, so, so as a result, you know, by the time I kind of really uh, break out it, uh, and I'm getting offers to do things that I've waited my whole life for, right. um, you know, that, that became what I did. And, uh, and so uh, it really, I, I ended up, just by the, the way things were, was I ended up married in my career. Because yeah. I don't believe in the, uh, the adage. I never believed in the adage, you know, uh, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll get married and we'll see, you know, and we'll make it work out. No, right. bullshit. Yeah. Make it work out. You get fucked. And, uh, and I've watched too many people in the course of my life get fucked. And I was not going to have that happen. Right. Um, no, it's it, it's it's a it's a it's a responsible choice because doing what you do. I mean, you're in the middle of a tour now. You're constantly on the road. When you're not on the road, you're you're like you said, you're working on the play. Uh, you're doing a million things. So how you have to either find an extremely understanding woman or an ex- a woman who maybe isn't all there yeah. to, to, to deal with this. Yeah, I find I've found a few of those in my life. <laughs> which, I'm on, sure, which I'm sure is fun for a little while, but... Early on, I found a few that really weren't, weren't there. But early on, way back, even before the stand-up, yeah. you know, theater. I found a few in the theater. But no, the, uh, you're right. I mean, it's... Uh, like I was always impressed. Ray Romano, the guys, you know, Ray was like four kids, or yeah, know. and Jim himself, Gaffigan, has I think five. He's children. got five kids. Now. Five kids. I just think it's. A, I've always. I told him it's just not right that he's. He's actually, you know, that there's five more of them. That this is going to continue. This his DNA goes on and on. Yeah. Um, but you know, I kind of I admire them for that ability to. Uh, to be able to juggle it, because right. I have... Uh, well, they work closely together, you know, like, so, you know, Jeannie and Jim, I mean, yes. so that, I guess, is how... Well, that, in part... That, they, they help, well, that it's helps. It's a big help, and she's really, you know, she's the brains there. Right, she's <laughs> she's probably, you know, but there, pretty But amazing. that really does, but still, five is uh, impressive. I mean, really, <laughs> uh, I mean, it is. It, and it's not like, oh, that's a mistake. Um, uh, then there's... Uh, you know, and, and Ray did it early on. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, it, you know, it, it takes a really, uh, you know, someone who is, and I, who's willing to kind of, um, you know, make that choice. And I, I think for me, you know, just psychologically, I can, you know, I, having spent years in therapy, watching my mother, in a sense, who's uh, really was, um, you know, I, having to listen to her and, the fact that you know the career, you know that she's never she was never like outspoken about it, but you know you realize you know um, you know that uh, you know she ended up lo- you know not doing a career to to make the end up in the home, and you right. kind of not you you in the end you know watching that as you're growing up you're you don't want to put someone in that position, right? So you want them to be able to uh, and, and 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 you know it. And, and so that, in, in essence, motivates in part the, where you you come from initially in terms of relationships. Uh, I um I do think that in, you know in the end it's uh, it really was for me uh, you know the uh, it, you know it's like you know it's like the it's someone who does do it you know it's like, well I'll go on the road with you. Well, that's even more insane than staying home and having a family in the just in the sense of, you know, what is your life? You know, what is it that someone can do on a on a tour bus that allows them, you know, that they can, you know, unless they're blogging or some shit. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. They're they're basically you are their identity then, because if if what if their job and if their role in the relationship is just to be with you while you crisscross the country then yeah i don't know then you start to feel i would start to feel guilty well that's exactly that maybe i was you know uh, preventing this person and maybe she doesn't you know maybe she thinks she's you know she's doing what she what she should be doing but you know maybe she has potential to do something else no it's really it's (laughs) yeah so it's that's the way i but that was what i liked about the book i said it's a it's a it's a book about being single disguised yeah. as a Christmas book. And I, uh, 
and I don't know how many people, I appreciate you talking about it, because I don't know how many people who ever really um, picked it up because they just thought, oh, this is a book about Christmas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, th I thought it was interesting. You know, like a quarter of the way in, a third of the way in, uh, you know, I started thinking, I'm like, why, you know, you know, why is this a Christmas? And then I thought, well, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not a, a, a good business person per se. Uh, so I thought, well, for whatever reason, uh, the publisher wanted uh, a seasonal book from from yeah. Lewis, so I'm like, well, they they said let's do a Christmas book, and we'll <laughs> we'll try to shoehorn Christmas in there. But it was, I mean, it was really, um, you know, I, I I mean, I hope it sold well. I I hope the Christmas theme didn't take away. No, it did okay. It yeah. didn't sell as well as uh, Glenn Beck's. Uh, Christmas book and uh, you know but it, it sold it sold well enough what it did do though for me more than anything else and I'm I'm lucky in that respect I got lucky you know once by establishing a name for myself um, uh, because of all of the appearances etc um, it allowed so it allowed a publisher to say oh you know you know my first choice which was to write for them to go oh you know you want to write a book well yeah and then you want to write it. And the first book did well, so you want to write mm -hmm. a second book. And this was really the first book I said it had a real through line. I thought this was the first time I felt okay. I I can write a book. This is, and that's what I need to find for the next. Which the is to is to find if I write the fictional book. What's that? That's everything that I do is based on. You know, I mean, the stand up in part is finding the through line. I mean, that's my special is always built hopefully around a. That's where, you know, but when I kind of get the through line of it, I'm done. Right. Uh, as opposed to just all of the jokes, it's, the, it's as important to me to have that, the, the, the story, whatever story I'm telling. You know, it'd be, I'd be hard-pressed to explain what the story is, but basically <laughs> fucking I know instinctively that I'm telling a story. Right, right. And speaking speaking of a special, are uh, is that are you are you working on the new hour? Or? Oh yeah, I'm working on it, and I'm getting ready to kill people. Uh, okay, good. I, um, because well, it's really I, we're, I'm in a real. This is the quandary, and I, I deal with, and it's becoming irritating by leaps and bounds. Um, the uh, I waited around um, for. HBO after the uh, I did two specials for them and mm -hmm. then they said we're going to do your next special right we're going to do a special with you every two years well great that works for me and then uh, and then the guy who was the head of HBO who was is now at Stars right he was summarily kicked out yes, and, yes. Uh, and with his exit went I went so they said, no, we're really, we're not going to have the emphasis we're going to have on comedy. Well, yeah, you are, because you still had, you had Ricky Gervais do a special, and then others did special. And I'm like, so it was finding, um, so what eventually happened was I went, I'm going to have to f fucking produce this myself, which is what I did. There was, I was lucky enough, there was uh, my uh, tour manager, Ben Brewer, and uh, J Jack, and I'm, now I'm going to. From Comedy Central? No, not Jack Vaughn, oh, okay. who, who's also been terrific and, yeah. and an unsung hero, in the, at least in terms of my yeah. being disseminated. Um, he's been good. I mean, he basically got it, you know, Comedy Central made it a DVD, this Stark Raving Black. So, uh, but Jack, and I can't believe I can't, but I'm terrible at it. But he came along and basically showed me how I could do this. You know, and get it up and get it done, and then my agents and they put it together, and I, uh, so it was done. So I could go ahead and get it done and not have to wait. Right. And uh, um, and so that went on, and but it ended up on a, on a on a great channel that nobody sees called Epics. Yep. And Epics, meanwhile, is doing Jim Norton and Eddie Izzard, and uh, they just the, did Tom Papa. I was the, just there. Did they do Papa? Yeah. Good. Oh, that's good. I like Tom. I think he also doesn't get his due. Um, uh, and uh, I did another, um, you know. So I, I, uh, so. It, but I was thrilled that they, you know, they they helped me get it up and out. Um, they just haven't, you know, expanded. 
uh, I think that's coming. I mean, and they've got this treasure trove of stuff that people, you know, they have the Black Crows. They've got uh, all of this stuff that's sitting there. Um, they've just been stockpiling, and I've been part of their stockpile. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so we, we did another one in Detroit, and, uh, and, then, uh, and then everything changed. Then the whole model changed. Because uh, I can't think of the name of the group. Uh, there's a group that comes along, um, and they start they start shooting these specials for one hundred fifty thousand dollars, one hundred thousand dollars a pop. Uh, you know, streamlining them, getting them up, kind of the Comedy Central. You know, doing them for Comedy Central, also right. for Showtime. Um, so all of the stuff, so that my last special, which looks in a sense, it was I, it was my father's painting, right? Uh, that we used as the set. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of glad we got that up and out there. Yeah, more as much for me as for, and probably more so for the set itself. Um, and uh, and it's um, so, you know. So we 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 do that. It goes to epics again. Now um, now the model has kind of gone into a complete change. Uh, and so you have, you, yeah, you have that kind of, uh, you know, you, I would like to call it gorilla, whatever, but it's, it's just, okay, we're going to shoot it for this and then we're going to do that and we're going to optimize this. And you know, there's, right, right. um, and then you've got, uh, on the other end, you got, uh, Louis CK busting the, busting it down or, uh, Bill Maher doing it on Yahoo or, uh, Jimmy, Jim Gaffigan and, uh, Aziz. Mm hmm uh, yep. and sorry and, and, and they so the model changes we're literally so I'm sitting between and I do not have the technological wherewithal for this shit <laughs> so I'm sitting between the end of an era right and the beginning of a new era and I'm literally there's this and there's no and I'm like in the crack and I fucking can't figure out what to do so I've got there do we do you know, so I've got these these groups that are coming to me. There's like three or four, three different groups. Groups uh, meaning uh, like meaning production like companies. A, a production company. New Wave. Name, new, wave new Wave Entertainment. New Wave is the one who basically yeah. said we're going to do these. They, we're they gonna, crank them out. We're going to crank these out, and uh, um, and then you have uh, uh, another group that's come in, another production group that's coming in that's looking to do this kind of thing and then you have epics which is looking to do this kind of thing uh, to and, shoot specials themselves yeah and and epics already to have me shoot it and get oh, it through out to epics or have me shoot it and get it out to this other group um and in the meanwhile it's like i want it to get out right i mean i want to shoot it and get it out the problem with the last one is it was a year from the time that I shot it in Detroit to when it got out. And that was the end of it. I was like, are you fucking shitting me? And why did it take so long? Well, just, you know, uh, let's start with legal. Let's go through all of that nonsense. And we need an hour. We need a 55-minute version for Epics once 55. And then we do this. And then, no, oh, we really would rather have that. And so we go back and do it again. So that becomes like four to six months and then we finally get it and now they're going to advertise it so we get another month right. and then you're, I'm going to do the promo in the, like eight months so it goes up it actually probably went up in seven or eight months but it's on epics well, I mean God love epics but it, it's it's not getting out it's right. getting out to a certain group and I and, it, and in the end I think because of epics and Netflix it was seen but it still did not have um the kind of impact that I saw with HBO. Now, whether that impact still exists, I don't know. Right. Um, but we, it is a place that more people turn to me uh, in the course of the past. More people have turned to me and said, I saw, I saw you on HBO, you know, because I'm in rotation there. Right. Then turn to me and go, you know, I saw, I saw, it's, you know, Star Trek and Black, yeah. or I saw In God We Rush. And it's really... Not the fault of epics, and not the fault, but I'm of them. It's just that trying to figure out how you get it up and out. Would you ever do the, you know, the direct, the direct to consumer model where you just upload it to your? I mean, that's website? what we, you know. I, I, I've thought about it, but it's like uh, 
I, then I, my problem is I got an audience that um, is that's in age from 15 to 80. I mean, I have yeah. a totally family audience. <laughs> yeah. I have three generations showing up. Well, two of the yeah. generations are not. I'm not going to watch. I can't sit. I have, and it's all a matter of learning curve. And it's I will watch. I'm good for 10 minutes on if I'm on a plane. Okay, sure. But otherwise, fuck you. I'm not. If yeah, I'm at yeah. home now, of course, well, with Lewis, you could get this, and then he could that, and you could transfer it. Well, you you come over and get my Apple TV hooked to my fucking TV because <laughs> I've been. I'm already. I've got the fucking thing, and I don't. It's like I'm. I have no clue. Yeah. Uh, and if I have no clue, I know that a lot of people in my audience don't have that clue, and they're not. And a lot of people are not going to watch it on that. Yeah. They're not going to watch it on that screen, and um, but I, you know, but I've also thought that what I would do is um, just to, to get something out there at this point because I'm pissed about it is uh, um, is doing and in, in order to make a kind of a statement in the sense of look, I make my money off of uh, touring. Yeah. So to. To do it where I've got this stuff I just want to, that is not going to end up in my thing, in my special, that I've already got. I mean, I have, I'm sitting at this point in time on two hours of material. That's the other frustrating Dear thing. God. <laughs> so it's frustrating because I want, so instead of, um, what I'd like to do is, you know, dump a portion of that and send it out for free. And mostly to see what the response would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then there's arguments from w- within my community of people I work with. Well, you know, how are people going to know, and how are we going to advertise it? Right. Um, and I kind of go, I'm giving it away for free. That's the advertisement. If I can't, if I give away, basically a free, thirty minute or forty five minute concert, because um, we're, we're, are you, you know, it's we're, I'm doing something in in the show that I'm now that. Uh, well, eventually he's going to be a part of my act, so I, and I'll, I don't really want to talk about That's it. That's fine. You know, it's just, but that would add another 20. So I'd do an hour, really, 20 minutes of material and then 40 off of this thing. And then, um, uh, and I think if I do that and you do it for free, you basically, are, you, and, and it, you know, and, uh, if nobody really, that's not enough of an advertisement on its own that people yeah. wouldn't know. Yeah, I would need to tell people I've got a free thing. <laughs> yeah, that seems good enough. I don't think you'd have to dump uh, a bunch of money into. I think marketing. that's the ad. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I'm, I mean, it is an ad in the end. It's an yeah. ad to you know you. You may want to come see me. Right. Um, and if we're gonna do something, you know, that's really for a hundred thousand or a hundred twenty thousand or whatever, you know, um, then. Then why not do it for you know twenty thousand or whatever, and uh, the people who come to see the show, you know, you get they'll basically pay for the the studio time, right? Uh, because they you know and they're coming to see a concert and they're a part of that night, uh, and then it's and it's and it goes out, and it's. <laughs> it's I, that I think that would uh, I think that would thrill the comedy community, uh, a couple of comedy audiences. Uh, I'd help push it, Lewis. <laughs> Thank you. You wouldn't have to pay me a dime. Really? With another, <laughs> we'd have to do another podcast. <laughs> Son of a bitch. No, we wouldn't. I would. I would not subject you to that. Oh, please. Again, once. No, we have to. Once I, is enough. <laughs> no, I mean, if you. Well, sure. So you're, you're invited. You're invited back on. But Lewis, I'm going to let you go now because you have spent uh, more than enough time with me. Well, I have. I uh, I appreciate your time. I oh, know no, it was a pleasure. I know you're you're busy. No, uh, I'm not. You're not. <laughs> no. no, I'm going to go to. I'm going to go find my lunch. Um, find and then it. I'm going to go take a nap. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea. That's but it was idea. fun. Thank and you, I, Lewis. And if anybody uh, out there in that community of uh, scholars. That, that pay attention to Lavspin has an I, another idea in terms of of what you do in terms of this because uh, because really it's the next it's figuring out what to do next so yeah. that you they, because what has irritated me is that uh, 
there's a certain amount of my stuff that's lost immediacy over time. And it's like, uh, um, and one of the things, the other thing I may do is an app, you know? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, there's, there's always the web. What about a, uh, you know, like a weekly, like a 10-minute podcast? Well, that's the thing. I don't really want to do that. What yeah. I like to do, because it's the way I work, I mean, and there's always been a problem. It's always been like, you know, why don't you write something for your Facebook page? Well, you know why not? I don't? Because I do 20, anywhere from uh, to 20, probably about 10 to 30 interviews a month. Yeah. So I'm doing it. So can we put that there? Do I really need to write personal messages? Right. You know, I mean, if it's, I'm talking to them when I'm talking. Um, or, you know, so, so for me, it's uh, uh, what I want to do is to create, because I've got a, 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 a ton of stuff that I do that just gets thrown away. I'm in, I'll be here tonight, there'll be th- three minutes guaranteed that it will never occur again in my act. Right. And, uh, and rightfully so. But I'd like the three minutes, you know, I'd like to have something that people can go to and go, oh, Lewis was here last night, what did he say? Then it makes sense. Yeah. Then I'm in front of an audience doing what I do. I'm not, it doesn't become me sitting, I'm, this is not the natural environment for me. I mean, talking to another human being. <laughs> but, but sitting in front doing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no. I, yeah, I mean, if I fo- sat around, we've talked about it, Kathleen and I and John Bowman, my opener, and a, and a number of others have talked, Mike Wilmot, uh, you know, have talked about doing something together. And, um, and it might come to pass at some point, but that's different. That's a totally different thing. But yeah. me alone, that would be another way that I could hook up and it's immediate and it's out there and yeah you know and and they don't wait to see me on the daily show right (laughs) which has become uh painfully painfully long times between your appearances but you're busy i i get it it's partly them partly me it's just the time frame because a lot of the times i can do it they and they've got a lot of people now larry's doing will more and yeah there's all sorts of folks that are that are doing it, so um, you know I don't. Ha- they don't need me the way they used to need me, which is sad. You know, I weep. I weep at night. <laughs> I would like to do it more. I wish I could. Well, it's it's a pleasure whenever you do uh, pop on to the Daily Show. Well, thank you, and it's been a pleasure talking. To you. Thank you, Lewis. I it appreciate was a lot it. of fun. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. And there you have it, Lewis Black on the Laspin Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I loved talking to Lewis. Uh, I, I want to thank Lewis for, for spending so much time with me talking, talking about his life, talking about comedy. It was a great time. Uh, like I said uh, in the intro, there's going to be more of these. So definitely stay tuned and definitely uh, keep listening to us on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on allthingscomedy.com, on Stitcher. We're, we do this every week. Uh, we give you the news, the, the comedy news of the week. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to email me, by all means, Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N, Dylan at LaughSpin.com. Please send me a message. Leave a review on iTunes. And, of course, you have to visit LaughSpin.com every day, many times a day. Thanks a lot, guys. See ya.